All right. How you doing, Christian? I'm fine. What? I'm fine, bro. Jeez. So defensive. There I go again. There I go again. Oh. Let's back up a little. I said, hey, Jared, can you record tonight? And he said, yeah, I could do like uh, freaking uh, two in the morning. Uh, that's not what and I said. That's what we're doing right now. Okay. It's- so I'm a little sleepy, bro. Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan, and I'm Christian Schultz, and this is Good. Christian, Jared, how you doing? You know, just sitting here at night, having good conversations with my friend, Jared Hogan. Is your shirt on? I have a shirt on, yeah, this time. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So who do we have on today? Uh, we have our good friend John Carrington. Yep. And we're doing an episode about all about color grading. We're back. Me, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and who's that other guy? Hello? Hey. John, sorry for our lover our lover's quarrel, but uh welcome to the show. It's great. And we're really happy to have you. Um I'm, I'm happy to be um, here, man. I'm excited. Good. Do you I'll put you on the spot here. Do you ever listen to the show? Yeah, I do. Uh, I definitely, uh, a couple that uh, jumped out to me, I really like Lucas's. Um, Lucas and I have worked mm. together on a few projects, and I, I love that guy. And so kind of hearing him talk more uh, about things was really fun. I really liked uh, uh, Kate uh, Arizmendi's. Uh, her her show was really cool. The Mark Romantic show was cool. Of course it so, was. You know, it was cool. Yeah, so I, I keep up pretty good. All right, fair enough. Um, okay, so for people who don't know who John Carrington is, maybe uh, explain what you do a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm a colorist out of um, Greenville, South Carolina. I also do um, some cinematography work and kind of one-man band stuff, but uh, especially lately, a lot of color stuff, um, just with a lot of different clients, different people. I've, I've worked with you, know, you, Jared, and you, Christian, in the past, Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, I just, I just think of myself as a filmmaker, kind of whatever I can do to get my hands on, um, good collaborations, good projects and just making great stuff. How mm. much of a color snob are you? Like, for instance, <clears throat> if I was just like doing like a smaller project and I just like pulled up like RGB curves and just like did my thing, <laughs> would you like judge me pretty hard or what? It depends on how it looks. I mean, if you get there, then, then it works. I mean, I think the the cool thing about uh, like Resolve and, and those types of programs is how in-depth and meticulous you can get. But um, my favorite projects are projects that actually don't have a ton of like cleanup work or really specific type of like vignettes and um, qualifiers and power windows. Are, you know, I like stuff that kind of just sits really nice as is. Dude, so. vignettes are dope, though. Heavy yeah, the better. <laughs> the less feathered, the better. I like I like white vignettes. I like really bright vignettes <laughs> around everything. So okay, that's a good question. What are like the biggest like no nos? Like if someone asked you to do something, when would you just say, I'm, "I'm sorry, I'm not doing that"? I mean, it depends on the project. So like you know, I joke about white vignettes, but if it fits the vibe that you know we want and you know what we're going to with with uh, the tone of the footage, like I could see situations where that works. Now I think to do that all the time wouldn't be tasteful. Um, I think that'd be distracting, but I think every project kind of has its own rules. Um, and so yeah. there, there's no, 
there's really nothing that says you can't do anything. Like, you know, I could be like, uh, you know, always care about your skin tones and always make them look good. But what does that mean? And if you have like a completely blue scene, like, you know, it, it may not need to, to, to be that. So I, I think the one rule is there, there are no real rules, but you have to dictate what, what the project parameters are like as you're yeah. going into it. Um, I work with some people, um, that are kind of like, they don't really have a strong vision for their project and they're kind of like, yeah, man, like make it look good. And, and yeah, we just really, really like your work and we'd love for you to like, you know, go for it. And I'm down to do that. Like, I definitely feel like I have a certain style and taste that I want to like lend to a project, but I find most times there's a lot of notes and a lot of revisions because they're trying to find it together. Um, which I don't think is an awful way to work, but when I get people who are like, man, I have, I, I really want these five things. I want it to feel like this. I'm, I'm looking for this kind of tone. We get there so much faster and they're usually projects that I think are, kind of cream of the crop, um, yeah. with, with what gets a lot of, um, a lot of good feedback from, from viewers. So if, if there's like a, you know, you're saying like, there's a, I guess like a rule list kind of way of doing things like just be open-minded, whatever. But in that, if you're thinking that way, how, uh, what qualifies good color grading and what is bad color grading? Like I, you know, yeah. if there's no rules for something. Yeah. Well, I think bad color grading, I think there's a few things that that there are certain rules for. They can be broken, but and I can give examples of where that I've seen recently. I've been broken. It's been good, but um, you know, like shot matching. Like if you have a dialogue scene and you got like three shot coverage, you got your master, and then you know, uh, like two overs or something like that. Like if they look completely different from one another, like that's distracting. That's bad grading. Like you know. Right. you'd want that to, to, you don't want the color to take away from the story. And so bad color would be bad matching, like not letting things, um, you know, feel like they're in the same world and, and, you know, have, a have a certain, um, style to it. Like you don't want to break that in the middle of a shot in a scene, like that would be bad. Um, but I think inconsistent color grading is bad color grading. Like, you see shots that don't match. Um, right, you right. see, uh, you know, a skin tone that's just like way off for the rest of the skin tones in the scene. Um, that's something that you can, you know, take power windows and qualifiers and fix. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that that would be like a rule that is still stipulated by the project, but overall, it's like you don't want it to be like way out of left field. Right. So, <clears throat> I'm curious, like. I know for you, John, you've kind of transitioned from, um, you even said it, like you do a couple different, um, things like as like an artist, is it difficult for you to kind of be subjected to somebody else's like vision, you know? So like, uh, I guess like, how do you bring yourself to a project that you're asked to color when you're, you're literally the last step? Mm -hmm. It's not too hard for me because I, you know, I know that projects I'm working on, I have a really strong vision for, and I want to be able to communicate to people to get on board with that vision. Um, I, I, what I don't want to do, and this is speaking for myself, what I don't want to do is, is be a dictator about it. I want people's feedback and input. And so as a colorist, like I want to give my feedback and input on what I think about the project. Um, but I want their vision to be 
seen. Like, you know, if I get asked to do projects that I think aren't really my style, um, pretty, pretty often, but, um, you know, what I want to do is try to get in the director's mind of like, okay, how, how do you see things? How do you, um, you know, we, I think color is so subjective where it's like, well, one person sees reds a certain way. Another person can see them a completely different way. Um, and so just trying to understand like, okay, when you say you want like organic, you know, that's like a non-quantifiable word that we use for footage. What does that mean? Does that mean like low saturation, lifted blacks, you know, like low, low contrast, low saturation, or is it like something that feels like really nice and contrasty and warm? Um, so asking a lot of questions and trying to get in people's head, I think is really fun for me and interesting. Um, and so it's easy for me to kind of like, uh, get excited about bringing someone's vision to life, but especially if they're like really passionate about it and they have like some really good ideas. Um, yeah. So kind of just coming off of the thing with, that you guys did, uh, together, Jared and John, um, what did those like beginning conversations kind of look like? And I know like we, we probably have a different experience, John, like, Mm. It was actually pretty similar um, for the most part. I mean, Jared texted me and was like, hey, I got this music video. I think it's really cool. Would you like to be a part? And I was like, yeah, um, it sounds awesome. And so I think, Jared, we had one phone call. Yeah, and something like that. Yeah, we, one phone call. And I, just was one in the, I had seen the video. And so it was kind of like just trying to get into Jared's head. And I remember there was one word that we kind of came to, and it was uh, ghostly. Um you know, I, I think that's interesting. Yeah. You, you know, he said he just he wants it to feel, and he was like, I, I don't know, man. I just want it to feel like kind of almost eerie or something. I was like, kind of like ghostly. He's like, Yeah, that's it. And I was like, Okay, cool. And then he was like, But I want the red to be red. Like everything needs to feel yeah. ghostly and everything, but those red sections, I want that red to be like a solid red. I don't want it to be pink or like desaturated. I want it to feel really bold. And so, um, I it was kind of off to the races there. I started the next day got him a couple of frames and got a few notes. I think we went through just three quick passes with minimal, uh, yeah. adjustments, um, about so it. after after hearing like that word, I guess, like what, what do you start thinking of in your head as far as actually practically getting it there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, once again, it's after seeing the video. So like I'm, I kind of, when we kind of came that word, I saw it in what he was saying about it. So like that first shot with John Mark, um, I mean, it's just that close up and there's just something about the lights coming from underneath, which is really, you know, for the most part, atypical of what you're supposed to light a face right. from. And it, it, it definitely had like a kind of eerie vibe of like, man, what's, you know, what's next, what's going on. And, um, you know, Jared gave me the footage in, um, log format. And so it was already really desaturated and flat. And I was just like, what, what can I do to kind of give this some tone, but without, getting rid of kind of what's already there. Um, it definitely didn't need to be really contrasted. It definitely didn't need to be saturated. So, um, you know, I just really played around with a couple, um, couple different looks, shifting colors in certain directions and kind of giving it an almost black and white muted palette, but not black and white. It still has tone. It still has color and it still has really subtle color variances, but it's not, black and white. But I remember one guy was in my office and, and he was seeing, I wanted his opinion on something. I was like, what do you think? And he was like, 
is that black and white? And I was like, no. And he was like, oh yeah, of course it's not. And I was like, okay, I'm on the right track because that's interesting. It yeah. kind of has this black and white feel, but it's not at all, and it's not sepia or anything like kind of. <clears throat> yeah, that. that's what I loved about it. I, like, I remember when you sent it over, I saw like the first frame is what you're talking about with John Mark's face that close up, and um, there was this. Uh, almost like this kind of like dirty quality to it because all the, all the blacks that kind of turned to like dark Brown. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. actually what you did, but like, and it just kind of had this, like, I don't know, like weight to it that just felt, I don't know, just felt like totally right. So I would imagine like, you know, a lot of your job is probably that, like it just feels right. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's where it's kind of subjective. Um, you know, I can, I can color grade based off charts and uh, waveforms and vector scopes and like make everything be right. You know, like, uh, you know, that's, I can do that. I can make green, green, I can make red, red. But um, I think things are so much more interesting when you're able to identify how something makes you feel versus what it's supposed to be. And if that feels right, then you're on the right track. Um, yeah. you know, Christian going to make, you know, when we talked, I think our, we had one phone call conversation and then it was kind of off to the races and it was, I wanted, I talked to you about tone and I was right. like, you know, I just feel like, you know, we're not afraid of dark. We're not afraid of grainy, but I feel like it needs to have a lot of tone, not oversaturated, but just have a, like a lot of character to it. And yeah. how, how can each scene and each character kind of have its own look without being too far out of the family and have like a lot of vibe to it. Um, Well, I think it's it's also kind of like you said earlier, like you just saw the footage and that kind of uh, tells you where to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's interesting that you um, you kind of said what you just said about um, it feels right. I think that's like the type of people that are attractive to me Mm -hmm. to work with. You know what I mean? Because if you like, for example, if you take like a frame of Ryan's like an interview setup or just a regular B-roll shot of something that Ryan shot from make and you like put up waveforms next to it. It doesn't make any sense. Correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? You like, if you were just trying to expose the image, it's like, Oh, that was, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you look at it and you say, but it feels right. You know, like it is right because it was, you know, it, it already, it had everything that you wanted to see into it even before the color grade, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, I always think of it as like, we're not trying to like make something happen in color. We're trying to bring out more of what's already there. A lot of what people are being trained to do or, um, feeling like they need to do is doing like the very proper steps of like exposing an image and then, you know, do your, um, do your windows and then you do your grade and then you do your final, t- you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, is there, is there an actual, you know, seeing the way that you do things is, do you follow that process pretty religiously? No, not at all. Like, so I, I mean, I'm completely self-taught and everything. Like, um, I, I got into all this stuff because when I was 12 years old, I wanted to play guitar. And so I bought a guitar and I taught myself how to play guitar Right. And I kind of got into music and then I got into audio engineering and started doing audio engineering. And then I got into video and started doing video and just through that, I got into color and all this stuff. And like all of it's just been me kind of finding my way right. um, and not really being in communities that have a big 
culture of that that I can learn from people. And so a lot of it's been like tutorials and stuff like that, but it's just like playing around. And I've always found that like anytime I try to follow these specific steps of what works, I, I get farther away from what it needs to be. Um, so like if I was to do that with, with the John Mark video, it's like if I was to balance and then, uh, get everything right and then put a look on it, like it just wouldn't have worked. It just right. would have, I mean, I just wouldn't have been able to get there. But if I'm just like playing with a couple nodes and like, Oh, what if I, you know, what if I do like a parallel node and then like, like turn one to black and white and do a layer, uh, you know, a layer mixture node and, and do it to, uh, multiply, um, transfer mode, like maybe that would be cool. I don't know. And it's just like finding it. It's, it's, you know, looking, looking for what's there versus like doing what's right. Yeah. Why do you think, um, people, I guess the, for the, you know, the majority of stuff out there that's, um, ways for people to learn how to color grade or, or anything like that. Why do you think people kind of fall into, I mean, it is a little bit obvious why, you know, you need to start somewhere. You need to know how to like mm-hmm. futz with nodes and like what a balanced image looks like and like how to use waveforms and stuff like that. Cause you still use waveforms just to oh, know yeah. where you're at. And yeah. Stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, waveforms, I always tell people like, well, why do you use those? I say it's to confirm what my eye is seeing. That's true. Yeah. You know, especially vector scopes and parades. It's like, you know, I don't look at them while I'm grading, but if I ever wonder where I'm at, I can look over there and use them as like a compass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and one thing is like, I could be doing it completely wrong. Like I'm sure some dude at company <laughs> three is going to hear this and be like, that guy's a hack, you yeah. know, like, and I'm okay with that because I feel like, um, I'm, I'm really happy with the results I get. I really love getting to work with other people and they seem to enjoy working with me, which is super fun. And so I always kind of have this, I mean, maybe it comes from my musical upbringing and like, you know, underground punk music. And it's just like a DIY, like, okay, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but I'm just going to kind of do it my way. And it's worked for me so far. John, do you feel like you get, um, to kind of peek into like different people's process, like as a DP, that's kind of like cloaked as like a colorist. (laughs) Oh yeah. You get to like, kind of see how people work and like mistakes they make and stuff Uh, that you like. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, so I've, uh, you know, I did the make documentary, which Ryan Booth shot and I've done another project for Ryan, uh, called five star. So you got to see all of his mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, (laughs) they're not mistakes, but limitate, how does he work with limitations? And I think that's, what's great about Ryan is that he'll take a situation that isn't ideal and make something special out of it. And it might need a little bit of work, but like it's captured and it fits the mood. It fits the, the story. It fits the flow. Like, like he does that so well. And I think myself, I am not good at that as a DP. Yeah. So I can look at those things and like try to bring out the heart in them through color and contrast and stuff like that. But I also get to learn a lot of like, man, I know that for him to get this shot, that was like, super difficult like he was really having to push the camera and he wasn't afraid to yeah and so like that's one thing i've learned from ryan through his work like not my relationship with him but just looking at his stuff is like man i could be a lot more bold with my decisions and it'll probably be okay i don't need to second guess myself so much i can go with my gut um what pisses you off the most as a colorist uh (laughs) What pisses me off? Um, what pisses like, me off the like most? Like when you get like a like someone sends you like their whatever, their file, and you pull it up and you, and you start looking at it. What are you like? Oh my god! 
Um, you know, honestly, the hardest part, um, is more client relations than it is the color. Um, and it's not, not, no, 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 but I want to know that though. Yeah. When you look at a shot and you're like, I literally can do nothing with this. Um, under, under exposure, you know, like if someone just goes too dark, like, okay, so Ryan, for example, will go dark, but he won't go too dark and you can make something of it. And that's, I mean, he's not afraid of that. So that works. But if somebody gives me something that's like three stops under and it's like, yeah, I want it like a bright sunny day that's super clean, no noise. I'm like, uh, okay, dude, like that's going to be <laughs> super difficult. And- I do. I remember on uh, one of the shoots, just another fu- funny Ryan story. We were, we had, we were shooting a concert and we had a second shooter and his name's just Justin Hamilton. Um, who I use, uh, all the time. I just shot a Red Bull thing with him and he's like very like, uh, classic, classically trained, you know what I mean? Like every image like that he puts out feels like very perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was second shooting at this concert and him and Ryan were like adjusting <clears throat> exposures and settings and trying to figure out what they wanted to do. And Justin just kept on saying, uh, he's like, Ryan, this is dark, man. He's like, this is really dark. <laughs> and Ryan just looked at, the last time he said it, Ryan just looked at him and he was like, man, you're going to crunch it up in the grade anyway, fool. <laughs> just go with it. And he was and it, and it worked. It was just like, I mean, that's a lot of the, the Sylvanesso stuff. Is, oh yeah. It's just that, uh, just like, it's, it's weird how, um, I feel like what he, I think, well, my question I wanted to ask, like, what are you most concerned? Like when you look at an image or you're trying to get to a final grade, like what are you most concerned with? Is it skin tone? Is it the shadows? Is it the color? What, what is like the, the thing that you're trying to get to? I mean, I, I know I kind of harped on this already, but it's like figuring out what it needs to be. I mean, what what is the project? What is the image? Like, I once you get there, things just like work. I think, um, you know, I, skin tone I think is definitely something that you really like need to be super aware of, and that's like you can have all sorts of crazy shit happening all over the frame, but if your skin tone is off, like it's a dead giveaway. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So you know, I think when it comes to like from a technical standpoint, having really good consistent skin tone is like the most important thing because you can have whites that like shift the blue. You can have blues that shift to different or uh, have uh, blacks that like shift to different colors. But um, if you have a bad skin tone, like to something that is not flattering for the actor or the subject, it, it kind of doesn't matter. Your image doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's another, another question. Okay. Um, what are the best notes that you've gotten from a director or producer? Mm. Oh man, the best notes. Um, Maybe I, not one specifically, but just like, yeah, yeah. What, no, what I, is a good note? Yeah. I, I think a good note is, I think, so like you want like the essence of a good note versus yeah. like what the note is. I think the essence of a good note is ha- like knowing what is, what, what you're looking for and being able to communicate that. So like the best note is like if I'm going in the wrong direction or if something isn't working for you, instead it's just being able to say, um, yeah, this doesn't work and I don't know why it's like, okay, well that's kind of tough. We we're going to talk about that more, but I mean, I've had a couple notes from people I, that are really like 
hey, I like what you did, but like the feeling here needs to be this. And I don't think we're there yet. What do you think needs to happen to get there? And it's like, okay, that's a great note because now that you said that, I'm looking at it through a completely different lens from what I did in the beginning. And kind of kind of like seeing that vision through and being able to course correct over time and be like, yeah, okay, this could work, but like, man, I'm really feeling like I'm feeling sad here and I need to feel like more anxious. What can we do to like get there? And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I I have some ideas on how we can push that way. So Um, you don't get frustrated when someone like me or like Christian, uh, isn't speaking your language necessarily. Oh no, I don't need you to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't care if you say, oh, we need to, you know, go to, you know, the HSL and they need you to bring out, you know, the curve and the, the log mode. Like, I don't need any of that. Like I know the program, you know, I know I'm, I'm the one that needs to figure out how to do it. I don't need you to tell me what to do. What I need you to do is tell me what you want it to feel like, what you kind of envision it, um, reflecting to the audience. Uh, what's, what's the heart behind it. I think those types of questions are what I try to lean on way more than like, you know, the, the, how to get there stuff. Like I'll figure out how to get there. I just want to figure out where there is. Right. Yeah. So less like the, uh, the pathway, but kind of like the destination. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, people hire me to, to figure out the route. You just need to tell me where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a conversation. So like, you know, hopefully I, I influence that a bit based on what I'm seeing. Um, and I can bring healthy, good ideas to that. Like, you know, if someone comes to me, someone's like, I want exactly this, like, sure, I can do that. But that's not like super stimulating to me. Yeah. yeah. Like I like stuff that I like kind of get to pitch ideas, kind of get to like figure out what they're seeing and how they want stuff to feel and what that means to them. Um, more so than, you know, like just make it look good. Yeah. How do you go about learning or teaching yourself how to communicate like those words and those feelings into color? Like where do you start to learn? Um, I, I think it's based off your personal experiences. Um, because I think that's where art comes from individually, like your own experiences informs like kind of the art you want to make that what's the, the old adage, you write what you know. Yeah. Um, so it's like, for me, like, you know, I know what like anxious to me feels like, I know what sad to me feels like, I know what happy feels to, to me feels like. And so when I'm talking to somebody about those feelings and about those types of, uh, like things in, in reference to like the footage and stuff like that. Like I kind of, you know, when they say, I want it to feel happy, I was like, okay, so like, what, what kind of happy, like, you know, your wedding day happy, your firstborn happy, you know, a nice day on the beach on vacation happy, like, and just try to take my own personal experiences and like, kind of remember what that looked like in my mind and then try to make that happen on screen. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's like a super weird answer. It feels really weird to me, but I mean, um, it feels right. It, it feels, feels like, right, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it, it, it sounds like you don't approach it any different than, um, a DP or, you know, a director would. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I which mean, I, which I think is important. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, at my heart, like what I want to do someday full time, like 
hopefully is like, I want to be a DP. And so like, I think that kind of informs a lot of what I'm doing when I'm looking at other people's footage, I'm thinking about if I was there shooting what I would want it to look like kind of, um, you know, and it's not necessarily like, okay, now I get to do whatever I want, but it's just that idea of like, okay, I'm putting myself in their shoes for what they're trying to capture. And I understand what they were up against, you know, whether it's the camera system or lighting or whatever. And it's just kind of, I don't know, it helps me be like empathetic towards like what they were doing and what they're trying to do. And I think it's, it kind of helps me relate better with people. Um, versus like, I'm just some guy that is good at sitting behind a computer and manipulating colors. Right. So, um, let's bring it to a little bit more kind of, uh, advice, uh, oriented questions, I guess. Like, yeah, for like someone, like curves versus yeah. sliders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for someone who like wouldn't um, maybe don't have access to Da Vinci or they don't have um, a lot of knowledge, like where would you kind of point someone to start um, teaching themselves or learning yeah. how to how to color grade? Well, I mean, Da Vinci's free. I mean, it's there's really not an excuse. <laughs> there's not an excuse to to use it. I mean, obviously, I'm on the the full version um, just for the, my needs. Um, but I mean, I can do 95 percent of whatever whatever's asked of me in the free version. So, I mean, I think the first step is like download Da Vinci. Um, I think it's intimidating. I totally get it. Uh, I, fun story. So, I came from Apple Color. And that's kind of because it was free and Apple gave that part of their final cut suite back in the day. I was like, oh, cool. I can color grade with this thing. There's a little send to color, you know, option in final right. cut. This is going to be fun. And I started doing it. And then when DaVinci came out and final cut, uh, broke all our hearts with final cut X. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, okay, so this DaVinci thing looks really cool. Like, I can't believe this is like a free thing. And like, I started to try to use it and, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, this is not working how it needs to, like, color. I remember we were doing this big project at Christmas, and I was like, I'm going to do it in DaVinci. And, like, I tried for, like, two hours, and it just was not even importing right. And I was like, uh, I'm just going to do it in color, and I'll figure it out next year. Um, but yeah. then I actually uh, got on a Skype session with Stephen Lester, um, and he gave me my first like Da Vinci lesson, like sat on Skype with me for like an hour and like showed me how to import the footage and like kind of what I would need to do, like in the different rooms and stuff. And I was like, okay, like I kind of get it now. And so once I had the layout and I understood the workflow, you know, I, color is color. So like, you know, I was able to, to do more what I wanted. And then I, you know, started really excelling in understanding Da Vinci, um, but it's like getting over that hump of like this daunting, complex application, you know, like I, I think if you throw yourself into it, you'll be surprised at how quickly you'll adapt and you'll be able to do like good stuff. Right. Um, I got a question for you guys. So what do you like to see in a colorist? Like what, what when you decide to like, hey, I'm not going to do this myself. I want this other person to do it. Like what makes you want to what makes you go with someone? Um, like at all, like get a colorist at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, there's so many guys who are, you know, DPs resolves free. It's like, Oh, why, like, why don't I just do this my, myself? Like I can kind of, you know, play for, around and for get me, there. It's like just the, the very like shallow amount of knowledge that I have of it. Like I can, I can only do so much, you yeah. know, and, and it's usually the same thing over and over again. And so what I want to like, uh, actually get like something that I'm happy with and proud of, I, 
I I just usually can't do it that myself. Yeah, I th- I I have a pretty okay knowledge of Da Vinci. Um, like I can get through, I can do my own project, and it's f- okay, you know. But it has no. I think what separates it for me is um, someone else being a part of of the thing you know like someone else putting their touch on it i think i I just have this idea or my perspective is like the more people like the more talented good artists that like come together to make my thing cool the better you know i'm 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 definitely in that camp i agree with that completely i'm not like super precious about roles or or like i don't know like i i'm for a long time i had this thing where i had to edit my own pieces you know, mm-hmm. and some sometimes I still like to do that, but um, I just started forcing myself to to get other people to do it, and it's not even like a oh we have it in the budget so let's do it or like you know I don't have time for this stuff. It's like like I want that guy's point of view, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the reason we started using Lucas and uh, start using some you other. Miss that, that at all, Christian? Miss what? Editing like you? I still do it. Yeah, like, yeah, I just, but like I don't know. I guess like. Have you found that to be a, a positive experience, like uh, relinquishing that control? I think what I've learned is that there's like a time to use an editor, and then there's a time to not use the editor. And how you would know? you differentiate the like what, which is which? Um, it's the same. It's the same thing of of when and when and where you would use John. You know, yeah. like there's there's certain projects that um, I wouldn't get John to do, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a little bit broader on a on a color because I don't know. John is very uh, diverse in what he can color, you know, and most colors are, you know. Yeah. But there's um, if I'm doing something, you know, like super corporate and it needs to be it's like a real estate ad or something mm-hmm. like I probably wouldn't get John to do it because. Like that's not I a huge like value for like yeah I mean that might be one way to talk about it too I don't know if you agree with this but like I feel like what John brings to the table is um, definitely like a cinematic quality right and like when you're doing something more corporate that doesn't necessarily need that and you're just kind of trying right. to like even out the image maybe yeah that is part I, of I it. think there there are colors that um, that I love that are super commercial looking. Like yeah. very bright, very um, yeah. sat. Like they're the way that they they handle the image, and, and I think it's a pairing of the two. Like it's a pairing of DPs and and colorists. You know, I yeah. think being able to have that in mind before you go in, you know, I think is really important. Well, John, I'd be curious um, how you would describe. You know, you're kind of describing somebody Christian, like that. You know, colors a certain way. Do you feel like you have tendencies like that kind of define you as a colorist? Yeah, I, I do. I think um, I think there's a reason people come to me over other people. And I think uh, I'm really good at like dark, moody imagery. Um, I just think that's something I'm. I, I that's just my sensibility. It's kind of who I am. I think that's why Ryan and I work together really well. He's really good at like uh, darker images and, and really moody images that that have. Um, kind of a lot of meaning to them. And so I, I just think I lend to that kind of feel really well. Like and, and Christian, I think you're absolutely right. If you came to me with a real estate thing that was really bright and um, like 
you know, saturated and stuff like that. Like I honestly have trouble with those things sometimes, you know, because right, I yeah. just, they don't come natural to me and I'm not a classically trained colorist that learned, you know, like the, the right way. Like, you know, I do bright stuff and I think it turns out well and my clients seem happy, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, bright stuff, you know, kind of does, I, I do have a little bit of a, of trouble with that. So I get why someone wouldn't come to me with that. And I'm okay with that too. Like it doesn't hurt my feelings. I feel like I can execute, but like, you know, I'm not the right guy for every job. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, let's start closing up shop here a little bit. What advice would you give to someone who, uh, is kind of looking to do what you're doing? where to start, what projects yeah. to work on, what, like, how would you even start tackling uh, a, a company in all honesty, Yeah. In all honesty, if you really want to be a colorist, um, I think you should shoot a little bit. You don't have to shoot anything like crazy or whatever, but like just get a camera, yeah. shoot some stuff, color it and try to make it look like you want. Because I think my background as a cameraman, like, helps a ton with knowing how to get to different places aesthetically. And, and so like, I think kind of like, um, what do they say for camera guys? Like, Hey, if you want to be a good cameraman, learn to edit, like edit your own stuff because you'll realize how long you didn't hold a shot, how, um, (laughs) how boned you were by not getting the coverage that you needed. You know what I mean? So I think it's the kind of the, uh, the same way, but in, in reverse where like, if you want to be a good colorist, I think you should have a really good understanding of cameras. I think you should have really good understanding of the limitations of certain systems. And I think you should understand, you know, proper exposure, um, in terms of capture and stuff like that, because then you're going to get stuff and, you know, you can just sit there and bitch and moan about, Oh, this guy didn't shoot it right or whatever. But if you understand like the limitations they have and what they need to, what they had to kind of overcome, you know how to push the footage and work with it better. Yeah. So I think that's, that's important that I think I I don't, I think would get overlooked. Um, and then like, you know, if you're learning, if you're just like download DaVinci now and you have no idea what to do, like find a tutorial on YouTube of how to import footage into DaVinci and how to get it out. Like just the workflow. And after that, just like play, like just hit every button, every slider, see what it does. Just try to make stuff look good to you. And eventually like you'll get there. Um, you know, there's tons of free LUT packs out there. If you want to, you know, go kind of down that road and, you know, play with some different LUTs, uh, there's stuff built right into the DaVinci. So it's like, I mean, there's, there's just, in my my experience, not an excuse to not do it if you, if you want to, um, you gotta be able to teach yourself stuff. If you're not passionate enough about what you're doing to teach yourself something and like devote that time and effort, then you may not need to be doing it because you're just wanting something that's easy. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, I really agree with that idea of um being multifaceted, you know. I always get annoyed by people who um who are just doing one thing and they bitch more than more people like most people, you know. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, give me, give me. and I'm like whatever. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I, I like the idea of, of and I think there's something, you know, Jared, you grew up this way too, especially coming out of film school. It's like you had to kind of do everything yeah. and as soon as you started working at the church, like that's all you had to do was learn how to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think people are better for it. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. I mean, coming from a church background where like I had, I mean, I did motion graphics, I did compositing, I did uh, talking heads, pulling green screens. Like, I mean, you name it, like I've done it. And so I might not be the best at motion graphics, but like in a pinch, I can do it. Um, And there's just like an understanding of how the process works. Exactly. And working with people, understanding, you know, what they are going to go through when you throw a project their way and how to communicate them is invaluable time-wise and just working relationship-wise. Yeah. Jonathan, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, too. I've enjoyed it. How was this interview for you? It was good. It was good. It was, uh, it was yes. pretty much what I expected, but Boom, I, just love talk- I just love talking to you guys. So. <laughs> we're back in the <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I was really scared. You guys were going to ask me what my favorite LUT pack was. And I was going to be like, oh, I, really, I really don't use LUT packs. I make my own secrets. <laughs> oh, I don't give yeah. up secrets. I mean, I don't mind, you know, it's just one of those things where okay, like, well, that's, that's, that's <laughs> well, all right. Uh, you guys want to know my secret? I'll tell you my yeah. one secret. Okay. Okay, but you, you really can't. Dark and disgusting. But go ahead. No, you, you can't put this. You can't put this on, on the thing because I'll be ruined. Okay, okay then hang on. Hang on a second. It. Don't say. We swear it. we won't put it on the show. You have to end the episode right here. Okay. 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 <laughs> so, till next week. See you later. Maybe. All right, John, go ahead. Okay, so my one secret is this episode was mixed by Christian Stropko or as we like to refer to him, Christian number two. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs. You can check out more of his stuff on CubbySounds.com. And our good podcast logo was designed by Eric Herchin. Also, you can find other fun stuff at GoodThePodcast.com. 